Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Live from the soapily beautific hills of Encino, California, where industry and nature work hand in hand to create a better life for all of us. The following program is produced by Magic Matt Allen on the Outlaw Radio Network. True Crime Uncensored, I am the legendary Burl Bear. That's your opinion. Yeah. Uh, Howard Lapidus, manager to the star. I thought you were going to write a different opening. Well, I've been, I've been work, under more pressure than an astronaut. Not going to work on that. It's working. I had to write more important <laughs> We have enough yeah. talent here to help you write a new one. Yeah, we got a room full of people because they're all excited to hear about Susie Spencer's sex life. <laughs> and again with the sex. You know, you, you constantly, and i, I got to get into this with Susie. No, you're not getting into anything sexual with Susie. I can tell you that right now. Uh, Rich Scheidner is here. Rich, nice pleasure to have you back. My pleasure to be back. I uh, got Kip Adon over in the corner. He, like, he snuck in to say hi to Rich. Got uh, Mark C.G. Boyer. Hello. And uh, Susie Spencer. Do you realize, Susie, that uh, it's coming up on five years, uh, the first time you did this show? And uh, talked about doing this book, and you read it. I said, why don't you write about you doing the book instead of just doing the book? <laughs> That's an idea. No, I think I wrote a book about alternative sex lives. Yeah. Well, for any sex life, for you, would be alternative. Yeah. S- Susie, Susie, it's Howard. Do you, do, you, do you know much about Burl? Unfortunately, a little too much. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> So y'all be sure and censor him, even though it's uncensored. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, Burl has you on here for a reason. Uh, How many times in five years? Uh, Several. Okay. I've been hitting on her for five years. Now that I've read her book, I've found out why I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah, well. You weren't kinky enough, I guess. No, no, just the opposite. Ah. No, he wasn't kinky enough. You and I share many similarities, aside from the same shoe size. You're both women? (laughs) I've been accused. Uh, But you have this thing about not wanting to be touched. Yes. Uh, that, has that always been a, uh, an issue for you, as long back as you can remember? As long as I can remember. And you even asked your mom about this? Yes. And your mom said... You've been like this since <laughs> you were born. <laughs> now, people used to go into therapy for that sort of thing, Susie. Oh, my gosh. I've been in therapy probably as many times as you have. Oh, God. I had an army. I had a SWAT team. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and again, the, the effects of great therapy... Ladies and gentlemen, so, so how is it? How is it, Susie? You you write a book about sex, and and you're unable to be touched. How does that work? It's called conflict, <laughs> and conflict is very important for any good book. Exactly. Did this book take you into places in your own mind that you never thought you would go? Oh uh, yeah. In fact, today I was just writing a piece that didn't make it into the book about uh, sitting on the next to a bed watching two men have sex. And I certainly never thought I'd be doing that. No, and, and, and how'd that go for you? Uh, well, let's see. My tape recorder worked. My notepad worked. And I got a piece out of it. Oh, wait. That, I shouldn't have said it that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah. God it. <laughs> well, you did try to maintain this journalistic degree of detachment. Yes. That's crap. That's kind of difficult when someone's going down on you. Oh, oh listen to who's here. Oh, good. professional radio man Mark C.G. Boyer. <laughs> oh, God. I can tell this is going to be a fun interview. <laughs> yes, well, it is. Uh, let's let's start at the... Uh, but I should tell you who all's here. Okay. Because people were so excited to be on the show with you today. Because we have Howard and Mark. Uh, Rich Scheidner is here. <laughs> Say hi to Susie. Hi, Susie. How you doing? How you doing? So do you, you approach it... Is it sort of like um, the Heartbreak Kid, you know, where Charles Grodin and... You know, kind of walks up and she's civil shepherds like, don't touch me. We could take our clothes off, get real close, but don't touch. Is that how you approach it? No, I approach it as you take your clothes off. 
I will sit here and take notes about it and tape record it on my audio taper and then go home and write about it and by myself. Yeah, that's the way she intended wow. to do and, her and research. And there's nothing about that process that, that turns you on at all? Well, you're going to have to read the book to find that oh, out. No, no, don't do that. No, We'll all read the book, okay? <laughs> well, actually, we'll all read the book. I've but, read the book several let's, times. Let's, yeah, yeah, I know. The, <laughs> the pages are stuck together. But the, the, on a Kindle. <laughs> oh, God. No, there goes the battery. All right, so... so no, we'll sell your book. Don't worry about that. So we, we don't have to. We don't have to tease to the book. We just let's answer the questions. That'll help sell the book. Trust me. We will sell your book. So 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 um, so so did did you get a little? Uh, well, that's yeah. part of the process here, Howard. Yeah. I mean, you, but once we've established the fact that she is a dedicated professional journalist with a high degree not only of professional detachment, but physical detachment. Crap. Right I like that description. That's excellent. Yeah, it is, Thank but you. it's not true. <laughs> I think it is. Well, what, the, the excellent journalist? Uh, you are an excellent journalist. No, that part I know. That part, I know. I know your work. I know what you've done. We can talk about that. But you're standing in a room watching people have sex. Uh-huh. It's doing nothing for you whatsoever. I, I am like, it depends on the situation, but most times I am in journalism mode. I have my tape recorder going, and I am sitting there either taking notes by hand or in my head and racing back to my hotel room and writing more notes. That's, that's you said sometimes. What about the other times? She races back to her hotel room for other reasons. Okay. Yes, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I was in a swing club in New York, and I'm talking to this guy who comes up and says, I'm just asking him shoot the breeze questions, and he will find he went, uh, am I being interviewed here because he sees me writing on a teeny tiny piece of paper? And I said, well, uh, maybe. <laughs> and he went, I'm out of here. He's gone. But you, 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 uh, you went to more than one swing club. I mean, you went to BD, AFL, CIO, BDS, CIA, whatever all those you know, initials are. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, actually, you know, the book only covers one year when I spent two years of research. So, yes, I went to bondage, domination, sadomasochism conventions. I went to swing conventions and swing resorts. Um, I went to little BDSM seminars where I had my hands lightly tied together. Um, I, I tried to, like, visit many aspects of the alternative sex world. And one thing you found out is that you liked rubber. Yes, that I will admit to. <laughs> and I want to say rubber, not rubbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're not just talking about, like, tires and things like that. <laughs> oh, maybe a whole new thing, too. <laughs> but you're right. I, I went into a sex store and by accident discovered that rubber dresses, rubber floggers... Those things kind of fascinate me, and I never would have thought that. Did you learn how to flog safely? I actually, um, at one point, took a flogging class, and I was so freaked out about it that I never touched a flogger after that. Well, uh, you... so, pardon me, what is a flogger? <laughs> That's Kipadada, yeah. <laughs> think, think Old Testament, New Testament whipping, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just... Like People piracy, go. like on, on a pirate ship sort of thing. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of a place in downtown Los Angeles called the Entertainium? I haven't. No. It's a huge warehouse full of scenes, classroom, doctor's office, bar, what have you, what have you, and on and on and on, infinitum. 
where swingers go or, or, or plushies or whatever they were called. Furries. Probably kinksters. Uh, and, it's, uh, and you could do role play there? Is that the idea? I, I was not there during one of their sessions. I was there to film something else. But I have no desire to be in any, any room with another naked person. <laughs> Unless they're Not even yourself, throat. <laughs> If that place used to be named something else, I think I was there for a party one night. Sort of an eyes wide shut type party. Wow. That could be it, yes. Uh-huh. Now, you also went to one in San Diego. Uh, a party in San Diego. I don't remember a party in San Diego. Well, oh no! You know, you notice all these are more, more like sort of temperate zones. You know what I mean? I mean, you're more. You know, you don't see. You don't hear say, "Well, I went to a party in Minnesota because <laughs> or Duluth." You know what I mean? So yeah, it's always like it. San Diego, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. You know, well, no, I went to nice, one in nice Connecticut. Oh yeah, the one in Connecticut. Yeah, I know yeah. about the one in Connecticut. Yeah, we're not going to go there. <laughs> We're not, not? going to go to Connecticut. Yeah, I'm, I'm quoting Caitlin Rother on that one. <laughs> we, can, yeah. we can get a bus and I'll pile in. <laughs> so what did you find out about yourself that you didn't know before the two-year journey? Oh, gosh. And what did you come away from this with? Just uh, for your, in your own personal life. A new therapist. What is that? <laughs> yes, I did fire my therapist at the end of the book. Uh, I would have I fired her earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get back to the question. What, what did you discover about yourself? As much as I don't want to be, and I know this will sound funny to some people, that I'm a sexual being. Well, there you go. And uh, but you, you took this to find that out. Yes, it did. But you were unsexual for a very long time prior to the book. Oh, very, very long time. About ten years. About ten years. Did you did you drop your notepad sometime during one of these investigations and just get involved? Is that what happened when you found out? Um. I hate giving away the ending, but come to think of it, Katie Couric did. So, yes, I did. I crossed the line. Yeah. Katie Couric crossed the line? No. no. <laughs> she was there at the party? I guess, yeah. <laughs> Thigh-high leather boots. Well, if Katie's doing it, why not get undressed and do it yourself? <laughs> I'm right there with that. Oh, I promise you Katie would deny that. <laughs> You know my my when I always whenever I see like films or or on HBO or something when they show these swinger parties, they always look like older middle aged. You never see like a whole bunch of younger people in the in swinger clubs. I don't know if that's your impression or not. That's my impression. It's sort of like they're kind of burnt out. We've we've done each other in a million kind of ways. Let's go find other people. It's like younger people are like they don't need that. No, that's I just have, my impression. Well, it's really funny. I have been to swing resorts where you would see gorgeous young people. I have been where you would see the middle-aged and older. But I went to Miami for a swing party with the so-called beautiful young people. Mm. It was so boring. I found out the older, uh, less attractive people, they're the ones that are fun to be around. Yeah, they have more desperation. Tell us about the, the most unboring uh, uh, party and, and what went on there. Oh, gosh, there were so many of them. But one I remember was in Las Vegas, again, your Las Vegas thing, and um, they will love this. It's called Wild Women Vacations. And it's for bisexual women who are primarily married, and they bring their husbands to the, these parties. And the husbands have to—they can't. The husbands can't touch. They can watch, but they can't touch. And it, can they touch themselves? Is the question? Not really. Okay. No, Let's they have going. to be very restrained so they okay. get turned on and then go back and have fun with their wives. But it was so fascinating because it was like a Fellini movie. 
it was Lots like, of dwarves and goats. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like 10 or 15 women on one bed from age 20 up to probably age 70 and different shades of dress. And it was just so bizarre. And what I found really interesting, and again, this is stuff that's not in the book, that, so you're getting the, the other cool stuff, is that I was, one of the couples was a woman who I'm guessing was in her 70s. Her husband was this gorgeous, kind of a short version of Tom Selleck, about 50, and he was freaking out. And because, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there observing or whatever and talking to him. He says, I am so jealous. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I am so jealous that someone's going to steal my wife away from me. Smelly. Yeah, and she was like the oldest one there. And there were some drop-dead gorgeous women in their 20s and 30s there. What does this have to do with true crime? Bro? She's a famous true crime author. That, so that's the link? That's, that's the, the link. link, yeah. Hey, hey Matt. Hey, any, good with it. any stretch. <laughs> it gets there. Should we hold her over at 3 o'clock? <laughs> no. <laughs> God, I listen to this Las Vegas story. I feel like George C. Scott and Dr. Strange. <laughs> God, I wish I had one of them bisexual wives. <laughs> she sounds like our webmistress, Diane. I mean, the spitting, friggin' vocal image yeah. of Diane. Because Diane's hard up, too. <laughs> Matt Allen, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's producer. our producer <laughs> with more of his insights. Yeah. Diane's lovely. Where were we? Uh, uh, I was, okay, I was so you, a, you, you went to one, that, where, uh, one of these parties where it was young, beautiful people, and it was very boring. They spent all their time preening. Yeah. Of what happened? I want to know what happened to the, this is the seven-year-old woman. Um, actually, she and I are still in touch. In fact, I think it was either before or after that. She and her husband and I went out one evening to, um, let's see, a club where there were cross-dressers followed by a swing club, followed by a strip club. And it was so funny because I get in their pickup truck, I look in the back, and there is a whole rack of clothing. And she says, Susie, I know you dress really conservatively, so I brought you some clothes. <laughs> now, did, you have, did, you, did you have an affair with her in any way? Oh, or? absolutely not. Oh, okay. Susie would show up at these things wearing a onesie, you know, like the, the pajamas with the feet in the bottom. Yeah, but she's got that rubber dress going. <laughs> no, I couldn't afford it. Oh, yeah, that stuff's expensive, isn't it? Yeah, that's out of a true crime writer's, you know, budget. Yeah, they don't give us a research budget. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta believe that after a couple of years of swinging, like, kink for these couples would be like bowling. <laughs> what do you say, honey? What do you say? Bowling and a... You want to go for a split? Yeah. Hey, if I got a ball for you. Yeah. <laughs> So there you were, minding your own business. Now, you went through a lot of aggravation with this book, not merely writing it, but uh, I can remember you uh, being in, in high angst over the uh, release of this thing being delayed. Oh, well, a lot of it was being delayed because of me. Oh. You know, because the book originally was supposed to be a journalistic, hands-off, no pun intended, uh, you know, look at alternative sex, and instead my editor turned it into a memoir. And going from a journalist who only prefers to write about other people, having to suddenly write about herself is, was a tough switch for me. Yeah, well, there's probably met some people who are into that switch stuff and power exchange. <laughs> <laughs> now, knowing you, and I mean, I met this woman probably about, what, uh, five four, years ago. four or five years ago. Right. Immediately smitten with her because she is, she's, she's rather pretty. Yeah. She's a, a a true crime hottie. Yeah, she is a crime hottie. No, she's very very pretty. She's uh, 
and age smart. appropriate, very smart. Thank you. How am I doing so far, Susie? You're, you're doing great. I really great. appreciate this. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. And then I also discern, being is that I'm, of course, highly neurotic. Susie. That, <laughs> that I'm highly neurotic. Susie, you're highly neurotic. I figured that one out real fast. Susie, uh, Susie, what are you wearing now? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, get that answer, Ed. Famous words from the swing club. <laughs> We're going to take a 60-second break for you to uh, oil up your rubber and uh, meeting the clothing. We'll be right back with Susie Spencer, author of Secret Sex Lives. Hi, I'm Johnny Cosmo, author of The Catcher in the Rye and The Player's Guide to Playing. Hey, listen to this. If you own an iPhone or ride a plastic pony in front of Albertsons, you're no longer tied to your computer. And I know a thing or two about getting untied. You're now free to roam and take the Outlaw Radio Gang everywhere you go. So grab an Outlaw Radio iPhone application. The smoke and drink and interrupting 24-hour party that you follow now follows you. Your iPhone is now the easiest way to stay connected with your friends on Outlaw Radio. That's right, the demons of decadence. Change the way you listen to radio seven days a week. Now available free at the iTunes App Store. Hi, I'm the legendary Burl Bear, also known as Uncle Crazy here at Outlaw Radio. In my spare time, I'm an award-winning author. I write true crime books, kind of like Susie Spencer used to write <laughs> before she wised up and decided to get the hell out. I got about three books out right now that you should run out and buy. One of them is called Headshot. It's a true story of two and a half psychopaths, two murders, three trials, uh, and a couple judges throwing fits in the courtroom and walking out, and a, a, a headless corpse uh, buried uh, and the head put in a bucket and thrown in the river. That one's called Headshot. Also out right now is Body Count, the true story of the Spokane serial killer, Robert Lee Yates. He'd pick up prostitutes, have them perform oral sex on him, and then after seven minutes of not being able to get it up, he'd shoot them in the head with a 22 caliber weapon and then have sex with them. It's a very unusual story, and he was a very unusual man. Also available, Masters of True Crime. 17 true crime authors, all in one book, and I am one of those. More than master of my own domain. I am a master of true crime. And now let's get back to Susie Spencer, New York Times best-selling author, and her new adventure, Secret Sex Lives, on True Crime Uncensored on Outlaw Radio. Back to True Crime. Starring... Uncensored with Burl Bear and Howard Lapidus. And don't forget Mark C.G. Boyer. Featuring Mark C.G. Boyer. With the feature. Now featuring. Former poker player. And sometimes Marie Mackey Esquire. Hasn't done the show in a year and a half. (laughs) She has too. Susie. Produced by Magic Matthew Allen. Who in turn is produced by a lady blonde. Who in turn is produced by Lori Downey Jr. And now... Susie, what is gourmet sex? Gourmet sex? Oh, are you thinking more probably the smorgasbord of sex? No, that, that, that's Connecticut. <laughs> Either gourmet or hit one of them quick because I, I'm getting a bit too excited too quick. 
Well, you guys have got to check out the drip list from the book. The drip list? Yes. I think they have shots for that. Yeah. Give us, a, give us a little taste. Oh, let's see. Public sex, bluesy sex, black, sex in an art gallery, sex on the highway. Um, Since you wrote the book, how many of those have you hit? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, you got to be kidding. No, no. She only sees pictures. I'm, I'm still going to bed watching the Golden Girls by myself. <laughs> you know? I'm exciting. Hang on a second. Me too. <laughs> you two have a lot in common. <laughs> Except she hasn't been with China. <laughs> What's this this thing about the touching, though? You you, you don't like... Because Kip Adada, who just got up, uh, he's got this thing where he doesn't like to be touched either, so I was thinking about fixing you guys up. Oh, man, that sounds great. And uh, say, well, I have a thing about don't about touching my neck, which is really weird. Everybody does, bro. Is Nobody that... wants to touch your neck. No, no, I mean, even I can't touch my neck. Yeah, well, really. you might want to wash it once in a while. Oh, that's funny. That may be anyway, the problem, huh? Yeah, could, could be. First class humor, washing in the neck. Well, plus being a good Christian girl, Susie. <laughs> and weren't you a miss, like a missionary to some third world country like America? No, 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 no. She did the mission. She used the missionary. Oh. You were got to read carefully. <laughs> oh. No, no, she, you, were, you were a missionary or something like that, weren't yeah, you? Um, yeah. When I was in college, I worked as a summer missionary in Detroit, and I went to Malaysia to proselytize people, and I nearly went to seminary. So. And did... Did you have waves of guilt about some of this stuff, on? I, oh. I don't mean guilt about being a missionary, or maybe that, too. I was going to say, that would be the guilt. Yeah, boy, you, you, you went from a missionary to waves of guilt, and I'm, you know. Well, did you have guilt about proselytizing people in Malaysia? No. Did, did, you? did you win any over in Malaysia? I doubt it. <laughs> That's what she feels guilty about. Did you go right in front of the mosque and, and, and try to win some over? No, we were very much instructed to be respectful of other people and their faith, so... Good. Yeah. Susie, just to, t- to bring this back to true crime just for a second. Mm-hmm. Now, you know the legendary Burl Bear. Yes. He, uh, he has written, I think, 12 true crime bestsellers. Yes. Did you notice that most of the crime he writes about is in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? You know he's from the Pacific Northwest? Yes, I did. <laughs> Have you followed some of these storylines that, you know, that nobody else could know? Stuff, I don't know how that works. I I don't know. Maybe well, he's a good reporter. I don't know. No, I got him as a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the my book, Fatal Beauty, which takes place in Texas, I owe that case to Susie Spencer. Oh, you see, you, you found a way, once again... To, to hype one of your, your <laughs> rags. But it's a great story. It is. I tell got us it about that Susie. story. And then tell us about what you were. No. <laughs> but he didn't know it's a great story. In fact, some days I regret that I, that I told Burl about it instead of taking it myself. <laughs> well, to that, I thought that was going to be an easy book to do, and it turned out to not be. Really? Yeah. What, ha- what happened? I got lost in the manuscript. I drowned in it. Oh, yeah. You ever had that happen? Oh, like um, maybe a book about sex. Yeah. In fact, our uh, my editor, Michael Hamilton, uh, called me up one day and said, Burl, I have the feeling you're drowning in this manuscript. I said, I certainly am. She said, well, just remember who you are and that we hired you to do this because you can do this. Oh, oh, put oh. me in, coach. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it's just like that. I mean, she's, she's a great coach. She's just like, I'd be on a ball team. You know, you can hit that home run. I know you can. <laughs> she is great. Oh, she is. She really is great. Great editor. So, uh, anyway, uh, thanks to Susie for uh, hooking me up on that case. Cool. 
worked out well. And uh, we got together for barbecue, too, in Texas. Yes. Uh, I think a couple of times, right? Are you in Texas now? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Wow. We're in Texas. I'm in Austin. That's the only place to live in Texas. I agree. Absolutely. (laughs) I've got a very dear friend in Austin. Uh-huh. I'm so happy for you. My daughter lives in Austin. Is that right? My oldest daughter, yeah. yeah right. my, my daughter oh. lived in Pflugerville, which is just outside of Austin. Isn't Pflugerville, man. I know Pflugerville. Yeah, that's where my daughter owns her home. Well, anyway, so there was Susie minding her own business, going to one sex club after another, and doing her best to maintain professional detachment. Yeah. And you became kind of close with these people, didn't you? I mean, uh, Rose, and uh, tell us about Rose. Well, Rose was one of my best friends. So that was, you know, friends with her from before the book even happened. So she she was a, well, I can't tell you too much about her because then people in Austin may recognize her. But she was uh, a friend who I found out over time was bisexual and into polyamory. Oh, well, back up. Okay. I got the bisexual part. What, into what? Well, and actually, I, I should rephrase that. Okay. Uh, she was more into being an ethical slut. A what? Uh, hang on. We're back up again. <laughs> what, 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 what kind of slut? Hit the well, an, ethical, <laughs> an ethical slut is someone who really cares for the people they're sleeping with, but will not have just one partner, does not believe in monogamy. So, but she's very I was an open. ethical slut. But did you tell the other partners that you were sleeping around? Oh, I was an unethical ethical slut. <laughs> All right, hang on. So she was an, a bisexual ethical slut. Is what yes. we have here. Okay. Yes. All right, keep going. Okay, and then what else? Uh, I, how about Phoebe and Griff? Oh, Emily and Griff. Emily, yeah. Emily and Griff, yes. I'm still in touch with Emily and Griff. That's, that's um, should I say, over the telephone and not physically. Oh. In fact, I just saw them in October. Do they, do they ever try to lure you back into uh, going to some of these places? I think they did until I saw them in person and like I'm saying, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. Oh, the old, yeah, when, uh, back in the radio days, we would get uh, calls. We would get calls <laughs> oh, yeah. late at night. We and, sure would. And uh, boy, they sounded really good. And when we were rookies, we'd, <laughs> we'd take their address down and go over there and find out that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> and even when we were rookies, we'd still go over there. <laughs> Learn from the late great Bobby Simon. What you do is you go up and you knock on the door. When they open it, you say, "Is Ralph home?" And they go, "There's no Ralph here." Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong house. That happened the first time. I swear to God, uh, she came to the door. It was six forty-five in the morning, and I swear, bless her heart, she was four or five hundred pounds. Bless her heart. And that's when I had to bless my father's heart. I said, my father's got a heart condition. I just got the call. I got to go, but I wanted to tell you in person. <laughs> I got the hell out of there. Out of your own house. <laughs> and then my father had a heart attack. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know how that works. So uh, the whole time you were doing this book, were you also seeing your therapist while you were writing this book? Um, not the whole time. The the part of the book that, well, let me say that, rephrase this. The part of my research that the book covers, yes. But then I fired her and continued my research. Yeah, I I didn't like your therapist. (laughs) You know what was amazing? After I fired her, she sent me a certified letter saying that she would no longer see me. (laughs) After you fired her. Yeah, it's sort of like, you can't fire me, I quit. (laughs) No, they got to do that. Otherwise, they worry that you'll sue them. Seriously. Well, 
Really? Yep. Interesting. That, I would have sued her. Well, there's that part, but uh, she wanted to make sure she didn't get sued because anything that happened from that moment on, she wouldn't be responsible for. Uh-huh. Trust me, I've been fired by six, seven therapists. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got I, a whole stack I, of those letters, huh? I, I know yeah. that letter well. We, we have therapists stacked like cordwood in the corner of the room. Yeah, please. When you go in and see a therapist, you bring them the letter ahead of time, right? Yeah, yeah, You'll need this one day. Yeah, yeah, You'll need this to send change, me one day. Change the letterhead yeah. for me. We're good to go. <laughs> So when you had to work through a lot of stuff on this, though, didn't you, Well, like, what do you mean? Well, you well, talked about being conflicted. I mean, here you are. Let's, let's put some of these things, like, on a scale. Uh-huh. You're a good Christian girl uh-huh. with a uh, aversion to being touched uh-huh. who hasn't had sex in ten years. <laughs> Like I say, conflict. Yeah, and you're doing a book about sex. Yes. I like the way you pack it in one little... Why don't you get a priest to be a co-author? There you go. <laughs> that would have been good. Did you, did you see the, they, the they article about... Sex. Did you see the article last night that I posted about the priest who was known as Monsignor Meth? He was dealing meth, was laundering his money through a sex store, and was having, dare I say it, sex in his rectory, which oh. can be painful if you're not prepared. That oh, my God. Yeah. Sex in the rectory, actually? Yeah. Well, you know, a methed-up priest gives a fast <laughs> service, and that's good. We all enjoy that. You know, we're out here in 15 minutes again. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Three, Santa Maria. <laughs> so, putting these things on the scale, does not does that seem to you, I mean, just looking from a journalist's perspective at yourself, doesn't that seem to say something to you, that someone who doesn't want to be touched, who hasn't had sex in 10 years, who has some, shall we say, uh, issues... <laughs> Or lack of them. <laughs> well, let, let's face it. There are a lot of people who say, what in the world is someone like you doing writing about sex? What in the world can you tell us? But I look at it from the point of narrative nonfiction, and it's great conflict. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think your editor was brilliant to have you write it about you. But it was about you. So that's why we we're kind of drilling down on that. Uh, yeah. So... So, so, so that you went ten years, then you started writing the book. No sex, right? Mm-hmm. Did you start to have sex during the writing of the book? Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. A lot of sex. Uh, no. <laughs> A little bit of sex. Multiple partners. Um. Yeah. I guess you could say so. <laughs> sex in rubber suits. No, I still can't afford that. Is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> <laughs> Thirty questions get, here. How do you have sex, uh, uh, but you don't like the touching part? In all seriousness, and then I'll make it unserious. If you yeah, want. I mean, well, I honestly, I don't know the answer to that, and I wish I did. But um, it's just, I guess, you sort of work through it. You know, it's kind of like uh, when you're putting your finger under hot water, and you stick it in there, and you pull out your finger, and go, "Ow, ow, that hurts." But then you keep dipping it in there, and the Eventually, your finger gets used to the hot water. So that's how you had sex with somebody, the finger hot water thing? <laughs> oh, well, it sounds oh, like more, it'd be like more Let's like... Let's go back like, to the serious. Like the frog in the hot water where the frog doesn't notice when you turn the hot exactly. water. Exactly. Yeah. It just it. Like, gradually happens, and then before you know it, you're in hot water. Yeah, we had frog soup. Yeah. <laughs> Pesh a la frog. Pesh a So you didn't like being touched. Did you like touching? Um, not particularly because I'm bad at it. You're bad at it? Just, yeah. Well, out of practice, for one thing. Yeah. And when plus, you... self-image problems. Yeah. I mean, it's the acne that just drives you crazy. Oh, gosh, yes. Thank God I found a great dermatologist. <laughs> 
But Zeus, oh, man, you got a lot of ists. From from reading from reading the book and from from my just my psychic vibe of Susie, having spent just enough time with her to go, wow, she's hot, and uh, I bet she's spending a fortune on psychiatrists. And <laughs> Have you guys dated actually? <laughs> In another life, huh? In, in another life. All right, just know because it was starting to get a little. Funky. I, I would have, I would have dated her, but I couldn't even hold her hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't touch her neck. That's right. Just bring so, some hot water and you're good to go. Bro. Yeah, that's right. So it, it made it, it makes it difficult for for Susie to deal with this stuff. If anyone in, in your, I don't want to say position, anyone in your situation, with the issues you have to deal with, to be in that situation that you found yourself where you're in sex clubs where people are supposed to take their clothes off, people are supposed to maybe wear only a towel, and you're you've got on uh, a halter top, boxer shorts, uh, things pinned together to make sure you're not exposed. Yeah. You, you know, you got everything except the KKK sheet on. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, didn't people notice that you were a little bit, uh, shall we say, out of place? Well, what was really interesting is they had signs all over the swing clubs that said you couldn't wear uh, shoes, and I was wearing boots. <laughs> so you were wearing boots and nothing else? It was, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, and they never said anything. The only thing that was said was when I was leaving, and I think a woman asked me what I had on underneath or something, and I just laughed and ignored it. So. Because she had more clothes on underneath her towel than, than most people wear on the street. You know, it struck me just now and made me curious. Let's go back 10 years, okay? Yeah. To that last time you had the sex before you had that big run during the book uh, writing. Uh-huh. What happened the last time that just stopped you from having sex for two? You know years? that it, you, that what's funny is I can't even remember who it was or where it was. Well, that oh, tears. You're just a, one of those uh, gracious sluts. But <laughs> but she, just she think, blocked it out. Think about what what happened. Seriously, what happened that you said the next day? I'm going to go ten years and not do this again. Well, I don't think it was. You know, I'm going to go 10 years. It was more like lack of opportunity. I, I think women get sexual amnesia more than guys do, too. Yeah. I they just kind of forget. Yeah. After a while, they just, like, you know. Lack of opportunity. Through. Have you ever been to the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> I love hey. I mean, seriously. I love when women say that. I just no, love when no, say that. I, can, I, can't, I, can't have, I can't find a guy to have sex with. Yeah, right. But they, they're just talking about certain if, standards. If you, go up to a guy, no if you go up to a guy and say, I would like to have sex yeah. with you, somewhere between the it and X, <laughs> the pants are off. <laughs> so no, no, lack I mean, of opportunity. Serious, seriously. <laughs> I, I, I love that. No, I, t- I told a friend of mine that men in Texas aren't attracted to me, but wait until I get outside of the state. And, you know, I moved back to Texas. No one was interested and then we took a road trip and we like crossed the border from texas to new mexico and she saw the difference she went oh my gosh you're right so when i live in texas you know i don't have to worry about someone being attracted to me it's not going to happen see now there's a real telltale statement i don't have to worry about someone being attracted that's crazy notice how she chose the biggest state you know of the 48 lower ones to be in then yeah you could go to alaska it's even larger even larger but but Susie, i've seen pictures of you unless that you know is that your bat mitzvah picture on the book well i mean well also we got to clarify that i've lost uh, well at one point i had lost about 25 pounds so the person that you're seeing today is not the person that is in the book because I've lost a ton of weight and I've gotten my acne cleared up and I found a great hairdresser. So you look a lot. You so look you're better than the picture in the book. Wow. 
And by well, the way, thank you. Bruno, thank what's, you. The, what's the name of the book? Secret, Secret Sex Life. Can I see the book? Yeah, let's take a look at the book. And you can get it, uh, you can download this sucker, right? <laughs> yes, you no, can. And it's at uh, Barnes & Noble and all the stores that are still open? Yes, in fact, if somebody wants an autographed copy, all they have to do is go to brazosbookstore.com and they can order an autographed copy. Wow. Yeah. Can, can I get a free one? <laughs> oh, maybe, if you're really nice. Oh, you're going to say I haven't been nice? Susie. <laughs> Susie, who said that you're beautiful? <laughs> oh, okay, keep talking, keep talking, okay. baby. Now, see, I would have told Susie that she was sexy and beautiful if I'd had the opportunity. I was reading in the book where someone says to you, oh, you're so sexy, you're so beautiful, and you go, no one's ever said that to me. That's, That's true. so sad. That's see, true. I would have said that to you. Oh, thank you. Well, I just said it, and I was trying to hock a book off. <laughs> no, but literally, I, I went to Mexico one time with my best friend at the time, who was on the TV show Hee Haw. And so she's this blonde bombshell, you know, with the big chest and everything. Yeah. And Ganella Hutton? <laughs> well, we did hang out with Ganella a little bit, but no. And so uh, we were partying, and then these guys came up to me, and we said, we, we're all crazy about you. We love you. And I said, I said what? We, we think you're great. Why? You don't even know me. And they said, we figure if you can hang out with that blonde bombshell and still be smiling, you must be great. <laughs> I, I think of myself as Rhoda Mer Morgan Stern. I would have done her in a second. What are you doing? Yeah. Our brilliant producer went online and got a picture of you to show everybody. Oh, we're passing it and around. Hold it up to the microphone so people can see it. What's she, what is she wearing in that picture? <laughs> well, actually, they just go to the website. Uh, While we pass the picture around and breathe heavily, we're going to take a 60 second break. We'll be right back with Susie Spencer, author of Secret Sex Lives. cell phone, and we know you do, or to talk to an imaginary president in a chair in front of Albertsons, you are no longer tied to your computer. You are now safe to roam while Barstow's burning, and take Outlaw Radio with you everywhere you go. Grab an Outlaw Radio app from RadioLoyalty.com, the smoking, drinking, interrupting, 24-hour party that you follow, now follows you. Your cell phone or Apple device is now the easiest way to stay connected with your friends on Outlaw Radio. The demons of decadence change the way you listen to radio seven days a week. Go ahead. It's now available free at RadioLoyalty.com. Just punch in Outlaw Radio. Folks. What's great about this country is our belief that anyone can make it and everybody should be able to try. This is the land of opportunity. That's great. But here's the problem. That's unacceptable to me. And it will not happen on my watch. I will not support any plan to promote hiring and put more money in the pockets of people. And I will veto any bill to grow the economy and deal with the debt that threatens our future. Our tax code shouldn't give an advantage to companies that invest in the United States of America and create jobs in the United States of America. We have to cripple our competitiveness and our ability to win the jobs of the future. I think it's just the right thing to do. That's been true since our founding. George Washington grappled with this problem. I'm quoting him. He said, we've got to stack the deck against small business owners and ordinary families. And I was encouraged by that. 
So I am ready, I am eager to punish success in America. Thank you very much. Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I want more. I didn't supply the microphone. Scheidner joining us today. Uh, Kim Padana is here also. Mark C.G. Boyard on the phone. Susie Spencer, New York Times best-selling true crime author. Her book, Wasted, keeps uh, going back on the New York Times bestsellers list as she's still waiting for her royalty check. <laughs> I hope, hope you got that one worked out, honey. Thank God I did. Ah, do you have a little talk with your agent? I'm like, where's my royalties? <laughs> I think our, our mutual editor helped me out there. Bless her. Good, good. <laughs> Susie, just, just so you're aware, we found another picture of you online. Uh, uh, executive producer Matt Allen found something online and <laughs> passed it around the room. Better than the book. Is that a dog or a wolf? No, seriously, it's gorgeous. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I, I can realize why you're um, you're not you know, attracting a lot of men in Texas. <laughs> you got those glasses on, and those guys are like, "You're a reader." <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, a re- you're one of them reading girls, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I bet I, well, they have another me. literate one. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna bring a book to bed? <laughs> Only if it has pictures, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how to insert tab A into slot B. <laughs> and always having troubles with those instructions. I love you. Folks, the book The book is fascinating. It's called Secret Sex Lives. And you talk about going to this sex club where they have like wall-to-wall mattresses. And the scientist says, no high heels. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want anyone to be injured. No. <laughs> Can you imagine, you know, being naked and getting a high heel inside? Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing was those, the mattresses were so cheap, the heels would have gone right through Oh, them. yeah, they're like marshmallows. Yeah. Speaking of marshmallows and peanut butter, uh, sometimes you can have people do stuff to you in these clubs that must seem awfully uncomfortable. <laughs> well, I tried to stay away from that. That's why I had that towel covering my rear end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I d- didn't want sex in the rectory. Oh... <laughs> Was, um, did any of the material, any of the places you went, just, you, you had no idea this was going on? It just completely freak you? Um, was that your own experience, Mark? Well, I, 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 I guess when I went to a VIP party, P-E-E. T-E-E? Uh, no, oh. P, as in, you, you know, urination. Oh, that. Latridation. Yeah, when I went to a VIP party and there was, they put a black plastic bags on the floor and then a guy laid out. And (laughs) I I don't want to gross you guys out, but that's when I walked. Hang on, hang on, let her finish. That's when I walked out and said, that's it, the end, my research is finished. Well, do they I mean, serve? Do they serve a lot of water on the way in? They serve a lot of champagne. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yes. What? What? I want to ask a question. I okay. want to know about the the money. Uh, how expensive was it for you to do this research for a year? Oh uh, no! Places... I, I mean, the research went on for many, many years, and I I couldn't tell you because I, unfortunately I'm not that good of an accountant. But let's put it this way: I spent a lot of money. 
I, I mean, give give me an idea of some of the prices for things that you would have to do on a night to go and do your research. Well, like to go into the swing club. I think that when that was what many years ago, I think it was just a hundred and twenty five bucks to get in for the night or God, something. I got to open up one of those swing clubs. Yeah, we should. Oh, do no, that. I'm I'm Vegas, Vegas, make sure. Have it at your house. Rent my house. I'm not doing anything. I just watch TV while they go about doing their business. Absolutely. <laughs> Get the tie show on. So, but you, you know, like I traveled from <laughs> Texas to New Jersey and Connecticut, you know, a couple of different times. I went to Las Vegas several times. And are, I went are to- they mostly are they mostly looked upon with a blind eye by the police? There's nothing illegal. Uh, well, what was interesting is that I went to uh, a BDSM, bondage, domination, sadomasochism uh, convention in New Jersey, where all of that is supposed to be outlawed. And I was with a dominatrix who was based in New Jersey, and she said she ha- had to keep changing her location because of it being against the law. But yet, in a major Sheraton hotel, they were having this huge convention and had it there every year. And she was a senator. <laughs> <laughs> now, in Las Vegas, there are several uh, sex clubs in uh, what's called Merchant Center, right off Sahara, right next door to where I, where I used to live. Yeah, where the car is parked. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the police would be in there uh-huh. to make sure no one was being paid. Uh, well, what I discovered is there are a lot of cops who are swingers. A lot of firemen who are into BDSM and cops who are into swinging. Really? And that, a lot that of that makes sense. Yeah. And well, a lot it of does nurses. Make sense. Because people who are into uh, the BDSM stuff tend to be people who are important decision makers, who are under a lot of pressure and have to make important decisions, and they like the illusion of not being in control. Yeah, I spent, when I went to that New Jersey convention, I spent the day with a dominatrix and her client, who was allegedly a Wall Street bigwig, and it was just a fascinating day. I can't wait till I get to write about that sometime. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, let's put it this way. Uh, It, I guess, made, in a way, the VIP party look a little tame. Yeah, I have I have a close personal friend who's a dominatrix in Malibu. Uh huh. And uh, I got invited and paid to actually do some role play uh-huh. for one of her clients. Uh, I got to play the part of a high school guidance counselor. Well, I thought you were going to be a cartoon crime author. <laughs> no, I got to be a high school guidance counselor who informed the student that uh, he'd been very naughty and was going to be punished. And I couldn't help but add, and this is going on your permanent record. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so can you tell me the name of the dominatrix? Uh, I probably shouldn't. What's her miss? What? Uh, Siren Severe. Siren Severe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was fantastic. wondering if I had met her. She'd be working with Snidely Whiplash. Probably I used to be on radio with her. It is, she's, a, yeah, it is, she's an it animal is, rights it activist, it refuses to wear leather, so she was wearing Orlon. And I said to her, you know, those Orlons are so cute at the Orlon farm. And God, she just freaked out. <laughs> Don't hang up on the Orlans. <laughs> Don't hang up on the Orlans. Uh, uh, yeah. And a lot of uh, famous showbiz people are, of course, uh, into that. Is that right? Like who? Uh, well, the one who's passed away now. You know the guy who used to make the uh, Pink Panther movies? Oh, the great Blake Edwards. Blake, Blake Edwards, right. right. Yeah. Right. Um, Kaczynski, who uh, Jeff, you, Jeff, we want to ask one question. Oh, doesn't sorry. mean you're a co-host. I'll, I'll leave. Okay. <laughs> no, don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> So, uh, did you, Crane, of course. Yeah, did you meet any rich and famous people that uh, whose names you will mention? Uh, no, I didn't. Because mm. mine was more on the common people. Uh, well, 
You should have come out here. We could have introduced you to all sorts of famous people who are kinky. Most of them in the Lighten Up Lounge. <laughs> That's an accurate statement. Except Marie. Well, I have a flogger around here somewhere, I think. Yeah, that, that flogging business is interesting because you do have to learn how to flog people and not hurt them. Yes. And uh, the one, this woman that I worked with, she had a cat o' nine tails. Oh, baby. Yeah, and she decided to, to potch my tuchus one day with that thing when I wasn't looking. Uh-huh. And I said, you do that again, you're in big trouble. What's the uh, attraction with the flogging? Uh, I had one of my sources tell me that at the beginning it can um, feel like you're going through a car wash, that it's nice and easy like a massage. And then it's again where you build up and you build up and you build up, and um, then you're going through a hailstorm naked. Uh, it's more like you're being having firecrackers thrown at you. I think. Yeah, there's a real technique to doing it so that you don't hurt the person. Uh huh. And watch out for the kidneys. Yeah, that would be a key not to kill your clients. Yeah. <laughs> you want repeat yeah, business, business anyway. That's oh. one reason why dominatrixes uh, seldom get arrested because they're not having sex. I mean, they have to keep a close eye on their clients to make sure that everything's cool, that yeah. everything's safe, they that they're fine, and so there's like, you know, no nothing... Uh, there are, there are people that uh, don't feel anything unless they feel pain. So so for seven bucks and a, and a coupon from Ralph's, I can just go through the car wash and it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it depends. If it's the you know the brushless, it ain't going to do anything for okay. you. Okay. Go through the old fashioned one. With yeah, the yeah, because that's to scratch your skin. Got it. Yeah. Okay. You gotta have a little pain. Yeah. What about blindfolds, restraints, all that? Did you uh, see a lot of that? Oh yeah. Oh you, yes. You got tied up a bit. And yeah. Not just in Texas traffic. No, no. <laughs> so how did it change your life? You had two years of doing this. You had no sex for ten years before it. You had sex during it. How are you now? And, and what, what changed? What do you do differently? Uh, um, well, I unfortunately I'm back to being celibate. Why is that? Uh, why am I? Again, lack of opportunity. I'm in Texas. Okay. I have your phone number. Right. Okay. I have friends in Texas. Okay. What are you doing tonight? I'm going out to dinner with my mom and my sister. What are oh, they we, doing? We know three guys. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we know three guys. guys. <laughs> various ages. I was just about after dinner. It really won't be that long of a date. <laughs> oh, no. We'll, we'll be home by seven. We'll be home by seven and yes. bed by 830. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Closing yes. over to the Golden Girls. No, seriously, why the celibacy? Um, seriously, lack forget, of opportunity. Oh, stop it. You know, I've said, and I'm not kidding, and you know as well as I do, all you got to do is hang out in the fruits and vegetables section. No, I'm in the grocery store. Actually, come to think of it, my family does a lot of my shopping for me. Yeah, there's the answer right there. Start doing your own shopping, honey. Yeah, yeah but no, I live in not a, a wildlife part of town. Oh. Well, I take that back. I hear there is, but not that I'm aware of. Why don't you just go to jdate.com, get a rich Jew, Jewish. and you're good to go. Because I'm, I'm a little chicken. Excuse me. I don't know what's out there. How about she lives in Austin? There, I, I, no, there's rich Jews in Austin. Yeah, they have Jews in Austin. They allowed a few. Trust me on the Jews in Austin bit. <laughs> yeah, we we have a few like Michael Dell. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. there you go. Just one. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's, all you need. Yeah, it's rich enough. And he's on the computer all the time. Anyway. And he's out of his freaking mind. Yeah. And so what? His penis works. Well, we don't. Know. Wait, well, I don't know about that. Now, <laughs> is it? Is it? Uh, you still have the the touch thing problem? I'm better about it. I'm better about it. So, well, and, I, I, and I've always been better with complete strangers touching me than somebody about, I know. And, 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 and that's and very interesting that you mentioned that because don't, I'm the same way. Don't take this the wrong way, but what about touching yourself? And I'm not talking about playing with yourself. I'm talking about just touching. 
Oh, I don't really have a lot of, you know, reason to do that. Well, do you I mean wash? she brushes her hair? Yeah, yeah, I brush my hair, I wash my hair, you know, all that kind of normal stuff. You, do you take the odd bath or shower? <laughs> I don't know yet, quite frankly. I, I, I get it from you. Now, I know you have also this aversion to relationships. It sounds like this, this is like something from Fear Factor. Yeah. You know, I don't know if the line made it into the book or not. I think it may have been cut and I put it back in about, you know, why bother with relationships because they're going to leave you by death or divorce one. So. Yeah, that is in the book. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm <laughs> going to anyway. Why not kill yourself today? I'm, I'm going to, I'm like mellowing out on some of this stuff. I have things I was totally closed to. I'm a little bit more open to like, what are you open to now? Handholding. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you have in mind? Uh, you're a furry now. Yeah, yeah. You see, this lack of opportunity thing, somewhere between lack and up, I had bought a plane ticket to Austin. Oh, come on down, boy. <laughs> now, in reality, you're getting back. Are you still in therapy? No, I'm not. May I suggest? <laughs> I get back in. <laughs> with a different therapist. Definitely won't be going back to that therapist. No, I think, think uh, you know, you're due a refund on, on, on that one. Oh, You'll man, be calling the therapist a... on the way back to the airport with Howard. <laughs> yeah, pardon me, what's the name of this book again? Secret Sex Lies by Susie Spencer, New York Times bestselling author. Who's, uh, boy, how many times has that book Wasted come out? Oh, gosh, I think it's in its third or fourth printing or something like that. And then we did, did a reissue, and it yeah. keeps showing up on investigation, discovery, thank yeah. God. Yeah, she's just, uh, every I mean, she doesn't have to write another book. She's like Lowell Caulfield with House of Secrets. She'll write one, and it just keeps going up the New York Times. Hey, hey, Susie, would you come and see us live sometime? I would love to. I, could, I mean, seriously, I would. Okay. I could take her out on a date. Well, you could, uh, but you'd have to, uh, I, I you'd have to beat think, me off the bush first. I think your paramour would be upset. My paramour? Yeah. yeah. Oh, bring her along. <laughs> yeah, you're used to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do a plug-in here for my true crime books. Because okay, Wasted and Wages of Sin are going to be on Investigation Discovery on Deadly Sins again this Tuesday night. So. Oh, yay. Excellent. Yay. Followed by me on Deadly Sins next month. Yes. <laughs> we'll be back-to-back and belly-to-belly on TV. Oh. It could be as close as we'll ever get. Uh, we're, Susie, we're out of time. Thank you very much. Thank Always you, guys. enjoy your visit. Secret, Secret Sex Lives by Susie Spencer. It is a fabulous book. It is a very brave book. And despite all our jokes and everything, it is seriously fascinating and very revealing in more ways than one. And it's available for instant download if you got a Kindle or a Nook or a Kobe or a Sony Reader or any of those. Thanks to uh, Rich Scheidner for joining us today. And uh, the other gentleman and Kip. And even uh, Ralphie stumbled in. Ralphie, if you need to get some real estate in California and move out of Texas, we can hook you up with Ralph. <laughs> and believe me, once you're hooked up with Ralph, you'll never go back to Texas. <laughs> Thanks again, Susie. God bless you. What a sweetheart. Hey, Magic Matt Allen, the Demons of Decadence, including, but not limited to, Howard Lapidus, Mark C.G. Boyer, legendary Burl Bear, Ralph Odierna, Marty, David Geffen.